Well, certainly my um, very favourite services, baptism services. It's, a, uh, it's just a, a joy to be able to celebrate together. Um, just before we start, just wanting to let the kids know that there's actually some, um, some activity sheets that's related to the message. So if you'd like one of them, you can go up the back and Katrina will be there. Uh, handing them out. So if you'd like one of them, please feel free to go out the back there. There's uh, lots of stuff to uh, keep you um, engaged with there. Last week, we finished the series on faith, looking through the book of Joshua. And uh, I've actually kept it up here one more week because we're going to look into the Christmas story at uh, Mary and Joseph and examine their faith and, and uh, what um, the way faith was expressed in their life. But I just want to remind you of the uh, series from, from last week that concluded and, and the message that concluded with a, a wonderful passage which was from Joshua 24. <clears throat> and I love the way it, it gives a, a bit of a summary in a sense. It's, it's Joshua's call to the nation of Israel. It's, it's Joshua's call that echoes right throughout history and he says these words then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve we have a choice and Joshua says but as for me and my household we will serve the Lord this is a a choice that is a a one-off choice but it's also a bit like faith as well and it's an everyday choice we make a choice that we are going to step out walk in faith with our heavenly father so that, was, um, that, that concluded off our series looking through the book of Joshua. Now today, as I said, we're, we're going to be looking at uh, this, um, this nativity scene, I guess, uh, Mary and, and Joseph. We've got a, a little nativity scene up here and uh, that's the, the Willow Tree series. Uh, I know that we've got some of these, Julia's kind of been collecting them for a, a while uh, probably not all of them there. I think that's that's the whole lot. But you look at that, and it's it's quite pretty, and uh, it's it's amazing craftsmanship, in in fact. Uh, but it, it 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 gives a pretty uh, oh maybe sim- simplistic view of what was actually happening there in uh, on the nativity scene um, there when when Jesus was born, all the events surrounding that. And when we look at what actually happened in the time when Jesus was born? It's much more nuanced than that. There's, uh, there's both the grace of God and the favour of God being expressed, but there's also uh, suffering and trials. And uh, you could even say that there was um, some, some degree of trauma. This was a, a little bit of a traumatic time, even for the parents of Jesus. I want to just look at this story through the lens of a, a nuanced story. It's nuanced because every Christian story, every, every person's story, in fact, is, is, uh, has those mixture of, of God's grace and the sufferings that are present in this world. That, that's, that's what it is to be a, a human being. It's what it is to be a Christian. It's, it's this, this mix of that. We live in a broken world that affects us every day. Uh, when, we, when we look at suffering, I've, uh, I've just listed three types of suffering here and it's on the, on the next slide there. Uh, there's, there's universal suffering. So this is the, the type of suffering that affects all of us. 
doesn't matter who you are. Uh, something is just the brokenness and the mess of this world is going to affect us at some stage. Whether it's sickness or disease or natural disaster or just things that happen because of a broken world. Uh, there's, there's really no escape from that. At some stage in, in our lives we're going to be affected that, by that, sometimes on multiple occasions. Second one there, I've got the consequential uh, suffering. That's, that's choices that we make that bring about suffering upon us. And there's, there's much of, many choices that we make that aren't in alignment with God, that bring suffering upon us. And uh, hopefully that as we, as we walk in Jesus' ways, that we have less and less experienced the effects of consequential suffering. And then the third one there, you might recognise where that's from, it's for righteousness sake. There is a unique type of suffering that happens to those who follow Jesus. Because when we, when we follow Jesus, there's something that happens. We, we come from, from one kingdom to another kingdom. And, that, and that, those two kingdoms are at war. And uh, living the ways of Jesus and living under the authority of Jesus and with him as king, it means that there's going to be some suffering that comes as part of that. Now, suffering has, has always been a part of the human story and it is also a part of the Christian story as well. The, uh, the Gospel, the Bible, it has room for suffering. In fact, it doesn't just have room for suffering, it is, it is part of the story. Fortunately, it's, it's, a, it's a temporary part of the story that God is, God is going to do away with all of that, but it is part of the story at this time. So let's have a look in Mary and Joseph's life how these two, God's grace and suffering, actually merge together. And we're particularly looking at how Mary and Joseph, how their faith was maintained even through this suffering. So they were born, well, Mary and Joseph, they were in a town called Nazareth. And this town was, it was quite a small town. Uh, archaeologists suggest that the town of Nazareth was actually quite small. It could have been as, as little as 100 people, maybe up to, maybe up to 500 people or so. One water source, which was a well uh, around that town. So it was a, quite a small town. You would have known everybody. And here we had Mary and Joseph and they were promised to one another. They were betrothed to one another. Uh, this was similar to an engagement that we have, but it was, it was probably, actually it was quite a lot more serious. Uh, generally, the, the parents would decide who you would marry and uh, it, it was so serious, you wouldn't be living together at that stage, but if you wanted to break off that engagement or that betrothment, it actually needed a full divorce process. Um, so it was, it was very, very serious. So Mary and Joseph were betrothed to one another and they're living in this town of Nazareth. And then something changes. Something comes into their world that they could have never expected. In, in Luke chapter 1, we see the, the angel of the Lord comes to Mary and, and says to Mary, you've been, um, you've been well favoured by the Lord. And he says something to her that, that the Messiah that is expected, you're actually going to have the Messiah. You're going to become pregnant with the Messiah of the world, with the Saviour of the world. 
Now this, um, as, as we know, this was a bit of a surprise to Mary because she'd never been with a man. She knows how this works. And uh, the angel of the Lord says that, that the Holy Spirit will come upon her. She says this in response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be, be fulfilled. Um, then the, the angel left her. What we see here is we see this, this God's grace, this God's coming into someone's life and, uh, and, and, and giving it a brand new trajectory and an exciting, extraordinary trajectory. But, but we look here and there, there must have been some turmoil as well. There must have been some trauma. This, this changes everything. For Mary's life, she thought it was going this way and then it's going this way in a total different direction and that way is going to be, uh, have, have amazing blessings in it but it's going to be extraordinarily difficult. How do, how do you explain this? Your parents are going to notice that something's going on. They know the consequences to this. How do you explain uh, the, I'm, I, the, the, the Holy Spirit has, has done something and, and, and what's here isn't because of something else, it's because of this. It's never happened before, ever. It's got to explain that to Joseph. It's got to explain it to everybody who she knows in Nazareth. Everyone's going to be thinking something very, very different of her. Grace and trauma mixed together. This is not an easy road. Then goes to her cousin uh, Elizabeth, who is uh, who's also pregnant. The angel had also told um, about this wonderful miracle that would happen with with Elizabeth being um, beyond childbearing age, but has a son named uh, John the Baptist. Again, amazing to be with her with her cousin there, experiencing this pregnancy together. But um, there's, there's there's that wonderful grace, but there's also probably Mary had a, a little bit of time to just realise the weight of the baby that she carries. The, the, that this is this is what this nation, this is what this people had been waiting for for all of history, and now she was the one to have the responsibility and to carry this child. There's there's that that's a big call. That's a heavy weight to carry. At some stage, Joseph finds out. This is not a good thing. He knows that he is not responsible for this. I don't know, we don't know how that, how that happened, whether he heard from someone else, whether he heard from Mary, whether he heard from their parents. We don't know how that, that happened, but could you imagine Joseph hearing that? He knew the consequences. He knows what, that is, what happens then. He knows that there's a possibility that um, Mary could actually be stoned for what has happened. And yet they say that he's a, uh, he's a righteous man, and he's a kind man and he decides to divorce her privately. Then we have the angel coming into his dream and uh, says, no, this is, this is my plan and uh, this is God's plan and I've actually got a plan for this and, and, and explains to Joseph what's going on and it tells him to marry her. Wonderful grace of God to come and, uh, and to reveal something to Joseph in his dream like that. But there we, we have grace, but we also have, we have this trauma that's going to be with Joseph for the rest of his life. Because those people in Nazareth, any, everyone who knows Jesus, they're going to think that something's, they know that something's not quite right there. 
He's carrying this story which is, is pretty unbelievable. And, and as you go through the Gospels, it's, it's likely that he wasn't believed. Grace and trauma, both in the story. Then there's a census that the governor at the time called. This is for tax purposes. They had to move from, uh, as we know, Bethlehem, no, to Nazareth to Bethlehem. It's quite a journey. Uh, probably about just under 150 k's would have taken a number of days, possibly even around a week. And uh, it's, it's likely that they probably would have travelled up there, not by themselves, as this picture kind of gives the idea, um, but probably in a convoy, just because of the, the danger of this journey. And uh, they, they get to Bethlehem there. Even there, there's, there's, there's grace and there's trauma involved. I, 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 I've had a pregnant wife four times. And uh, it's, uh, I, I know when it gets to that late stage, it's, it's hard. Um, I, I've, I've seen that it's hard. Um, even to walk around the shops and, and, uh, and do those things. It's a 150-kilometre journey. And there's grace there. there. There would have been wonderful times as, as Mary and Joseph got to know each other better. But, um, but there's, there's trials there. Grace and trials, grace and trauma. There's, there's trauma in having to travel for seven days, four days, however long it was, on these terrible roads, getting to Bethlehem, being very pregnant. They get to where they're going, Bethlehem. And uh, as you know, there's, it says that there's... Um, says in Luke chapter 2, she gave birth to her firstborn son, she wrapped him in, in cloth and placed him in a manger uh, because there was no guest room available for them. So there's no room in, uh, sometimes it's translated in, sometimes it's translated guest room. Uh, where Jesus was actually born is, uh, is, is kind of discussed, whether it's a, a, a stable or, or a a, um, or a cave or, or maybe in the living quarters of a, of a house uh, where that is, there's some discussion of that but it's not overly important. But what grace that Mary, Mary actually made it. Could you imagine if she had Jesus on the road? That, that would have been terrible. Um, but she, she made it to Bethlehem. There's no room in, in, in this guest room but, um, but she, was, she was with, with Joseph, she was, she was with whoever else was there and uh, she had shelter over her head. But there's, there's trauma to that as well. Trauma in that she was giving birth in this totally foreign environment, somewhere that she wasn't expecting to give birth. Grace and trauma right throughout the story. Shepherds then arrive and uh, they, they come and tell this amazing story about how the angels came and told them that the Messiah had been born, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and their, their um, exuberant uh, worship of him and they come tell Mary this story and Mary's got the baby Jesus there. And it, it says something about her, um, what does it say? It says, Mary, Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. Could you imagine these are, these are extra confirmations that what that angel said to me at the very beginning, this is what's actually happening. But they're strangers. They're, she doesn't know these, um, these, these shepherds at this very intimate time. Grace and trials, grace and trauma. Then takes the, the, ba- the baby Jesus, uh, is circumcised. Later they go to Jerusalem, hear the prophecies of um, Simeon and Anna and uh, 
Then about somewhere around a year and a half to two years later, these magi, these, uh, they come from, from a far off land and they come to visit this king who has been born. Following the stars, they've been studying the stars and they find out through, however they find out, through a prophecy or something that there is a, a king that has been born. And they come bearing gifts, um, gold, frankincense and myrrh, uh, basically very, very portable wealth. Um, that's what they were bringing them. And that would be very important because that night, Joseph would go to sleep and an angel would appear to him and would tell him to get up and get going because there's something going to happen. And they head off to Egypt. See, again, in this story, we've got grace and we've got trauma. That's traumatic. To have your husband come in and say, uh, Mary, we've got to go right now. Get up, let's go. And they leave. And as they're leaving, they, they may, I don't know when they start hearing these stories, but they hear these stories that their son, Jesus, has been saved, but there's a whole heap of mothers back there that are grieving deeply because their kids have been taken from them. This story is a story of grace and trauma mixed in. This is the picture of what it is to be a follower of Jesus. To be a follower of Jesus is is a story of experiencing God's amazing grace in our lives, but it's also a story of us uh, existing and, and continuing with the trauma of suffering and brokenness and pain that we experience in life. And the question is, how, how do we maintain faith? How do we, how do we continue in the midst of trials? I love the way that um, Mary and Joseph, they're, they're right in the absolute centre of God's story. It says, it says with Mary, Mary, you are well favoured of God. And yet Mary's story was also intermixed with grace and trauma. Grace and trauma. So what, how do we do this? How do we maintain faith in a world that affects us? Affects us with suffering and brokenness. Just got um, four very quick points to finish. First one is, remember the story of Joseph and Mary? Dearly loved of God. Earthly parents of, of, of Jesus of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and their life was, was intermingled with, with grace and trauma. In fact, every, every story from out the, throughout the Bible, every follower of Jesus, every follower of God, they, they had the same story of grace and trauma. And when we look right throughout history, in fact, every single follower of Jesus, it's been the same, grace and trauma, grace and suffering. This is, this is part of what it is to be a human, it's part of what it is to be a Christian. To be a Christian is that we experience the extra special grace of God in our lives. Next one there. Um, Look and ask for God's grace. Look and ask for God's grace. You've heard me talk about this a lot. It's from Hebrews. It says that we can come confidently before the throne of God in our time of need to receive his grace and his mercy. Uh, we, we look to that, we, we seek God for grace and mercy in our times of need and our times of suffering. I love the way that God did that for Mary and Joseph. 
appearing to them and, uh, and, and speaking his word to them, giving them, them direction. God does that to us as we, as we pray to him. He does that through his word for us. It's his grace. It's wonderful that he's a God that speaks into our lives. Not only that, he, uh, he provided for them. And I just think of the countless times that uh, God provides for us in different ways. Uh, he, he brought those magi just before uh, Mary and Joseph were having to flee into Egypt with nothing. He, brought, he, he, he brings these magi with these gifts that are incredibly portable wealth. That will see them through for the time that they're in Egypt. Look and ask for God's grace. Number three, expect God to work. Uh, God, God knows that, that we are in the midst of a broken world and that that brokenness will affect us at times. And there's this wonderful passage that we know well. It's in Romans chapter 8. And uh, Romans chapter 8, we were looking at it just the other day and it's talking about the brokenness of the world and how our hearts groan and creation groans. And it's got this, this passage here, it says in uh, verse 28, and we know that in, in all things God works for good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. This is, this is in the context of pain and brokenness and the groaning of life. God works together all things for good. This isn't that God, God causes any of these things. It's that he takes them. It's like, you watch that guy, Mr. Squiggle? Takes that kind of the mess and then he transforms it into a masterpiece. That's the type of thing that our God can do. When, when, when we as believers uh, come with, with, as we're being affected by the brokenness of this world, we can, we can take the Mr. Scribble of this situation and watch God weave something beautiful into it. doesn't cause it, but in the hands of our God, he can bring something beautiful out of it. And the last one here. We live in hope. We live in the present while looking to the future. Because that coming of Jesus, Mary knew what that meant. There'd been prophecies about this for, 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 for centuries about what Jesus would do. He's the Messiah. He would come and he would save Israel. But he wouldn't just save Israel. He was coming to bring salvation to the whole earth. And he's going to restore all things. He's going to wipe away every tear. He's going to make everything. He's going to put everything right. That's the hope that we hold out in front of us. We live in the present, but we look to the future hope when those sufferings and those brokenness won't affect us anymore. It's a wonderful thing to have the grace of God in our lives as we walk through the everyday messiness of this life. So to have faith in the midst of trials, remember, it's fairly normal. Remember Mary and Joseph, greatly favoured and yet that was, that was their predicament. Uh, look and ask for God's grace, expect God to be at work and live in the present while also looking to the future. I want to invite the worship team to come up. Uh, I'm going to pray now, but uh, if, if there's anything in this service that has touched you, uh, God is a God that is active and present even here right at this moment. And uh, if you would like to talk to someone, there's going to be some people down around these front seats, around this flag, uh, that would love to talk to you about anything God might be saying to you um, uh, this morning. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we 
we come to this time as uh, as we look around and there's the lights up and we know it's Christmas and we sing we sing those songs that are, are so precious to us. And Lord, we thank you that you came. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you that you came to save us, that you came to restore all things. And Lord, as we as we uh, as we continue in this life, uh, this life where there's there's both your grace active in our life and the, the existing effects of sin in this world that, that impinges on us. Lord, we pray that we would be people that would remain faithful to you, continuing to look at that hope, continuing to know that you're a God that can bring the best out of things, continuing to know that you're a God that will never forsake us and is always with us. So Lord, would you use the suffering and brokenness that affects our life to refine us, make us more like you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the way that we've been able to celebrate here people that have been made more like you, people that have declared you as their Lord and Saviour. We thank you for Paris and, and Riley. And Lord, we pray for more. You've given us that commandment to go and make disciples, baptised in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We want to be a church that is faithful to that. Lord, we thank you for being counted as your kingdom people, that we can call you Abba, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.